Hello, my name is Jeff and I'm Professional Services Director at ShieldPay and this is the Shieldcast podcast. This podcast showcases ShieldPay friends, clients and partners to talk about topics that matter to them and importantly, that we find interesting. I met Tarek over three years ago while at Techstars where he was an entrepreneur in residence. Tarek is a founding partner of Outrun Ventures, an angel investor and has advisory and board roles in fintech, regtech and digital asset sectors. The prior part of Tarek's career was spent as a financial services lawyer during which he was on the founding team of Marlin Financial Group, a consumer finance business that led its sector in customer-centric engagement and grew through to a £295 million exit. Tarek oversaw everything legal and regulatory in the business, and so was deeply involved with the operational activities and fundraising. Incredibly useful experience for the startups he now works with. Tarek, you've seen this from every angle, so thank you for joining me today to talk about your views on fundraising. Hi there, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Um, so tell us about Outrun Ventures a bit. Outrun Ventures, your remit, and the team around you. Well, look at that. So Outrun Ventures is... Um, partnered by myself and old friend and colleague for the last 17 or 18 years, Chris Adelsback. We're raising the fund to invest in seed and Series A companies in the, the fintech, the regtech and the legal tech sectors. They're the areas we, we've been working in for a lot of years now, really high potential. We really, really understand the space. Yeah, and we, we're taking the experience that we've uh, gained the last five years, being involved with, with tech stars and other accelerators and, you know, working with a a lot of different startups to apply that same sort of um, thought process and, 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 and methodology to helping helping grow early stage companies. Being essentially being very hands on, being very involved with the businesses, you know, which means that we'll we'll be um, investing in a concentrated manner, fewer companies than you might expect for a fund of our size, so that we have the time and, and you know capacity for them to really really get under the skin. So yeah, like you said, you mentioned Marlin Financial Group as well, which is yeah, the company we helped build prior to that. Well, there's not, nothing like having done it yourself to really kind of know the warts and all the stories and having really lived it. So, yeah, that 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 really underlies everything beyond kind of how, how we think and what we do now. Yeah, I think it's a it's a um, it's an ethos that I really subscribe to. I think the investors that are close to you and can help you in more than just their money, I think, is is what every startup, every early stage business and late stage business really really needs. Not having those people coming part of that journey with you, well, just doesn't make sense. So, you know, how do you like being part of that journey? How do how do founders do well in, in, in take you as an investor along that journey? What should they be doing to do that? Well, I mean, look, the, the fact is building any sort of enterprise is really hard work, you know, and even when you think you found, you know, a huge market that's ready for your product and you've got an awesome team, still, there's a lot to do. You know, um, there's a lot of nuance to what you do, and it's a it's a journey, and you know you never know what's around the corner. So you know, we we like working with people who appreciate that, who know that whatever help they can get, whatever support they can get, is going to be valuable if it's from the right people. And we get involved because we enjoy the journey. We've been on it before, and we enjoy helping other people navigate it now. So if you know, if we find people we think are are really smart and doing the right thing and are open to that. That's great. That's um, one hurdle crossed. And, and so how can an investor sort of demonstrate, uh, I guess, their ability to, to do that? And Because it's a two-way relationship, an investor and a company. 
Um, so obviously the company is looking for to the investor to to demonstrate, you know, their worth in that respect. How can how can an investor demonstrate that well? Well, you know, I think I think part of it, you know, from a founder perspective is, you know, when you have that conversation with the investor, are they are they sharing ideas? You know, are they getting excited about what you're doing? Are they sharing ideas about, you know, strategically what you could look at? Are they talking about other people who might be interested in investing as well? Are they talking about experience in that space? It shows a real knowledge of what you're addressing. You know, I think as a founder, you've got to look out for those things because you, you, you've got to differentiate between whether you just want money and you want a, a passenger, which is maybe maybe that's fine if you just want to fill the round. But, you know, ultimately, are you getting this two-way conversation on the investor? And is it something where they've got ideas and they're, they, they appear to be helpful? Does that follow up? If they say they'll make introductions or they'll, they'll ping you things over. Do they actually do it? Yeah, I totally agree. And this investors can be sometimes great, but... Um, also, that's not necessarily what you have them for. How have people reached out to you as an investor particularly well, whether cold or not cold? And, and how have you responded to those cold outreaches in the past? Yeah, interesting. Many ways. And it's funny, there are a lot of investors who will only take a, a warm intro, you know, someone through their network. And again, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, fine, someone you trust, someone, someone who knows you and how you think uh, suggests someone to you, then... Okay, that, that can be good. But, you know, I, I've had lots of people reach out through LinkedIn. And sure, if you like to look what, what they do, have the conversation. I've actually met some really, really interesting people that way. Good, good companies as well. You know, I, I like to go to a lot of events. Techstars, other accelerators run them. I mentor also one in, in, in Switzerland, the FinTech Accelerator called F10. Met a lot of people through that also, particularly uh, in the digital asset world. You know, I like to go to a lot of meetups. I like to go and... Uh, understand kind of what what people are working on away from these main hubs, you know, and, what, and, and hear the conversations that are kind of very kind of technical, very very specific. And that's the way to 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 actually meet people that aren't in in, in the scene as such. I've met a lot of really really interesting companies, good people, good founders, and things things have grown from those as well. And part of it is quite simply being there. Um, again, not and actually not being an investor, just being someone who's interested and who I, you know, I'm interested in what they're doing. They might think, hey, this guy's got a bit of experience. He's got some ideas worth talking to. And, and things go from there. So, you know, I certainly enjoyed uh, spending a lot of time with you uh, <laughs> discussing every different opportunity that could possibly be uh, under the sun. It's, a, it's an enjoyable relationship to have. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I mean, this, this is it, right? You know, it's about... It's about finding people you get to get on with as well, you know, and who you enjoy you enjoy working with and who you enjoy spending time with. Because, um, you know, you invest in a company, it's going to be a long journey, uh, particularly when, it, when you're at seed stage. So, you know, that matters. It, and it doesn't mean you're going out looking for your new best friends, but you've got to know that the dynamic is going to work. It's really important. But, you know, I, I found recently as well, particularly you know, during, during the last few months of lockdown, Obviously, you know, many more kind of cold contacts as well. You know, a lot of a lot of people's funding rounds have kind of, you know, not gone the way they expected because you know investors have taken a, a step back to see what happens, and um, had many more kind of cold contacts. And it's been interesting where a lot of time people would reach out and go, "Hey, look, we're raising money. Would you be interested?" I've, I've seen those just transfer now into, "Hey, we're doing this. Would be great to just have a chat." You know, and then it, it slowly transitions into an investment conversation, which is also fine as well. And actually, I, I 
I, I quite like that, uh, if, if only for, for kind of showing the, the, the kind of character and mindset. So that's fine. But uh, I, yeah. So ask, ask for advice and then you get the money at the end. Yeah, you understand our business, right? You see what we're doing. You think what we're doing is really good. That's great. How much do you want to put in? <laughs> exactly. But, but very sly. But, you know, kudos, right? Kudos. No, no, you know, I guess that that's, it's as you've, you've given me a perfect segue there into when you get to that, that investor to, to the table and you get them committed and you want them to go, well, they, they've said yes, they've agreed potentially even to an amount. How do you, but, but it's a long journey still then till closing the mm -hmm. actual transaction. So how how should companies look to, well, accelerate that journey on the one side, but also how can they uh, make sure that the interest of the investor doesn't wane during that period? Yeah, well, I think, it, again, from the company's perspective, it's about it's about creating relationships, you know, and getting people on the journey. You know, you know, fundraising can take can take time, right? It can take months. And yeah, and indeed, it's, it, it's difficult if you've got an investor who comes on, says, "Great, we commit X amount. Let's get on with it." Where, where's the paperwork? And you, you, you're the founder, are thinking, "Crikey, that's only one third of our round. We need the rest." Yeah, it's, it could take months. Again, it comes down to the mindset of the investor, doesn't it? And hopefully, you've got one who is getting on that journey and recognizes it takes time and, and is part of it and hopefully will help you raise that, that, that round, which is certainly the way I would be thinking. But during that time, you've got to keep communicating because indeed, you know, the, the attention might get taken by other things. So I think it's really important for founders always send out some sort of monthly update, send out some interim things, let people know you, your kind of good news stories as they're happening. Reach out for advice, reach out for things you need help on. Bring the investor into your, into your journey. Of course. Kind of treat them, treat them as, a, as, a, as an invest, a closed investor before they've actually closed. Um, That's right, yeah. I mean, obviously you don't know, you've got, you've got to be mindful of the mindset of that investor as well, right? Uh, what, what can they help with? What are they interested in? How, how, how busy are they? And, and tailor it to that because you, you don't want to overburden people or ask for things that they can't they can't do think along those lines so, in touch what a i was wondering if you'd seen more of in the in the years and i i i certainly have heard more of it happening is people doing um rolling rounds so mm -hmm. actually taking money bit by bit at a set valuation over what could be a quite long period of time. Are you seeing more of that? And how, how do you feel about that? Is it slightly different with your VC hat on or as an angel hat to be part of a rolling round? You see definitely a lot of that um, as an angel now. You know, the, the rise of the, the ASA, the Advanced Subscription Agreement, uh, a few years ago. It's kind of like a convertible note, in, 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 except that you don't get anything repaid if the round doesn't happen. You know, especially the last few months, really helpful for companies. You know, where you find find an investor who believes in what you're doing, they're happy to put some cash in. Great, sign this short document, wire the cash, and you know, at the next round or the next date, you get converted to equity at, at, at whatever the rate with discount. You know, so great way for companies just be able to bring in money whenever because it's pretty tough. You go out and tell people you're raising two million pounds, you, you get to one point seven. And the investors say, no, you need, you need two mil, my friend. You're stuck. You've got no round. Using the rolling rounds where appropriate makes sense. Keeps the lights on and, and, until that full equity round is, um, is ready to go. Sure. Yeah, as a VC, of course, you know, you, you want to know the company's got enough cash to kind of hit its targets for the next 12 to 18 months as well. That's where you do well, want yeah, to get you've, uh, cash coming. Exactly. You're not yes, because you've, uh, no, you're not about the keeping the lights on only. I mean, yeah, as a VC, you've had to go through your own 
your own funding round, mm. <laughs> effectively of, of raising funds, and well, you've experienced both from a well in, in many different levels. But how, how does that process uh, does that process ultimately boil down to the same principles, or or, or is there really very big differences according to to each of them? No, I, I, I think it's really similar. It's about finding people who understand what what you're doing and buy into it and want to put money into things like that and to buy into you, you know, and then about keeping in touch, keep, you know, letting everyone know what's happening and getting everyone along to, to the end of that. So again, so you start with one of one of our kind of a perspective LP shared the sentiment of looking forward to working with you guys for the next 10 years. It'll be a good journey. There's much that same concept. You know, you're, you're getting into something together. So you've got to find people that are thinking that way. There's no founders. There's no point in trying to put in an investor who wouldn't normally invest in your sort of business, you know, or hasn't really got that risk appetite. Maybe you'll get some over the line, but a high chance you won't. And, you know, you, you might be better off focusing your time on on those who are minded to invest in your sort of thing. Have you um, seen things change in any way or, or your approach or anyone else's approach around you change drastically in light of the current crises around the world i mean from my perspective i've seen people sort of going well we need need money in now to last last the course what what has been your view over this period yeah well well there has been that i think particularly back in you know february march you know i, I think a lot of investors found tools and that caused some real issues for some companies, you know, particularly if they're close to closing around, really difficult. But I've seen a lot of people be really innovative off the back of that. Uh, it's strange enough, I've seen a lot of companies actually raise money, and sometimes very rapidly as well. I, I think what the last few months have done is help investors to focus in on what they really know and understand and believe in. And they, I think those founders have done well. I've seen, for example, the RegTech um, space just picked up because a lot of a lot of uh, corporates, for example, that rely on heavy headcount to do, re do regulatory processes. Realize, well, look, a lot of their staff work from home now. You can't supervise as well. Yeah. Didn't we have the systems for it? It's a nightmare. Hey, technology can help with that. That uh, digital disruption that everyone is, is talking about, I think we've, you know, we've seen as well in the, in the legal tech world and yeah. the payments world, there's been a, a huge demand for you know, remote onboarding, um, automated processes straight through processing where previously um, it wasn't a priority because they had people there. Now we're seeing, well, people weren't able to act, so we need computers or machines. Well, well exactly. And, you know, this is why I'm really kind of excited about the, the reg tech and legal tech world. I mean, aside from having been a, a lawyer for a long time and, you know, been through the, the pain of the, the lack of technology that's available, that's how it works. And I think actually the last few months have really have really shown you know, law firms and corporates the benefits of technology in that space, raising up the agenda. And you know, two of the last three companies that I've been you know, either investing in or, or helping fundraise have been in that space. And yeah, RegTech and LegalTech, they've both been oversubscribed and raised, you know, raised way more than they thought they would. Yeah, it kind of, kind of goes to show, you know, and that's off the back of increased customer demand. Great. So as, as an investor, what do you consider is your, your investor toolkit? What do you, what, what are your favorite tools that you use when you're uh, evaluating companies or, or generally in your day to day? Well, my investor toolkit. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, like the, if you, if you look at how you kind of evaluate a company, you know, you meet founder, you think is smart, is onto something, uh, has resilience, business that appears to be kind of starting to address the right sort of thing. How, how do you validate that? 
you know, you can, you can validate that by looking at what competitors are doing, by talking to customers, their customers or their prospective customers and figuring out, well, is there something you are actually looking for now? Is it something that would be relevant to you? Is it something you would actually spend money on? It's really about, I think, bringing in people and understanding, get, get, getting people that know the space, know the market, even know the founders as well. And, and kind of getting that view. Yeah, one of the things we try to do is you know, surround ourselves by, by experts in, in many things. So, you know, we, we know as, as much as we, we feel we understand sectors and have our experience, the fact is everyone, everyone's seen something a different way. So we, we try to surround ourselves by people we think are experts in, in all sorts of fields and just call on that and help provide some, some more colour to uh, to our, our decision making yeah. process. In, uh, in in everyone's professional lives and and work, you have the pinch point or the defining point of it, rather than the pinch point that that really really forms you. What do you think was your 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 that period that really really feel you advanced the most during? Oh goodness, you have a few moments. I like the fact that when we were building our own company, I mean you. Yeah, you, 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 when you're doing all that for the first time, you you learn more in a month than you thought you ever would. You know, you, you're you're moving fast, you're dealing with a lot. You know, you you see a lot, and it's really really valuable. And you know, and you you see a lot of people as well. You learn about how uh, you know industries, how systems work that you might not have experienced before, and they're probably different to what you anticipated. So I think you know all of that exposure was so so valuable. But then you know I'd say also then transitioning from that to the kind of you know, you know the, the kind of tech startup world, slightly different sort of person there. You know, I, I, I get very kind of energized, very inspired. Come, you know, when Techstars launch their next cohort, and there's like these you know, brilliant, smart people with really good ideas. I find that very energizing and kind of learn a lot as well. And dare I say, you know, when Shilpay, you know, when you guys were all on the program a few years ago, like, well, wh why hadn't I thought of this? What a, what a great idea, you know? That's, that's what we all need. Particularly, you know, we, we've been doing all this SPV financing where, you know, we had to kind of get everything signed by two in the after, two o'clock in the afternoon so that, you know, someone could press a button so the funds could move. And it's all completely manual, you know, hoping someone will answer their email and kind of get on with it. So, you know, there's some things that, that you think, well, geez, obvious, why, why didn't we do that? And then, you know, good group of people to do it, smart guys. And, you know, here we are, Jeff, three years <laughs> later, you know, not that I'm trying to flatter you or anything. Um, <laughs> having, a, having, a, having a nice conversation. Yeah, with a good old yeah. chat. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so, I mean, I, I, these things are defined. It's your own, it's your own experience, you know, incredibly hard work, incredibly tiring. But I think, you know, what I find is when you move away from something and you have time to digest it you, you realize how much you've taken from it and the same the same can come from that exposure as well to lots of good kind of startup founders and indeed it's one of the reasons i, like, I enjoy going to all these meetups so much as well lots of smart people sharing you know what they're doing so um so, so, so Tarek, looking at looking at, looking at companies obviously the main thing that you look at is that it's a it's a sound investment from a financial return point of view. But what are the other fundamental principles for you know for your investment thesis or, or what investors should be looking at? I suppose it depends on your perspective. A lot of the companies today that are hugely successful, you know, the kind of virtual monopolies in the, in the kind of tech and data sectors, they, they potentially they, they know too much about everyone and potentially do more harm than good. In the scheme of things, yeah, are an essential part of of what appears to be you know, today's kind of uh, social and technology infrastructure, the yeah, economic infrastructure. So, you know, what I do try to find are companies that have the potential to become huge, but are, are doing things in a way that's socially responsible and actually will have a, a, a net positive social impact. 
uh, we're trying to do things right um, to, to the core. I, I, I think that's really important. I'd like to see more investors thinking that way. But it's, it's very easy to get dazzled by the prospect of making lots of money and then nothing else matters. But the fact is, you know, we're, we're all living together. The more we can support founders and, and businesses that are doing genuinely the right thing, um, the better. Those companies will succeed. No, I think it's a very interesting concept that at the moment there's there's a lot of change going on in people's perception or people's views and values are are changing quite fundamentally, I think. Does that, do you see more and more, are you seeing more and more companies at least uh, giving a nod to that in their presentations and et cetera, more so than in the past? Or is it just, just the same? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I've seen more, um, but then I, I, I look for it and, yeah. you know, I kind of put myself out on that basis. So it could be that those come to me, talk to people about kind of data privacy, we're talking about personal privacy, you know, those sorts of concepts, how they're very easily kind of brushed over. Uh, you know, we, we've seen these, these topics have very far reaching um, impacts on society. So I, I would like to see more of it. I'd, I'd like to see more of it sincerely as well in core technology design uh core system design for people are, are building so um i hope we'll see more of that that there is hopefully this is part of a you know a longer sustained drive to um to think about what what is the net impact on society for what this organization is building great well Tarek, thank you very much for your time today it's been incredibly interesting talking to you about all manners of things from the investment process through to your your fundamental views on on where companies should be concentrating their efforts i look forward to many more conversations like this with you and and with others but um for now Tarek, thank you very much for your time and um see you very soon thank you very much yeah. it's been a pleasure Talk to you soon. thanks Tarek. bye cheers